He's from another land. Scotland. What Scotland? He sounds like he's not from the States. Scotch Kale Podcast. Welcome to the Scotch Kill Podcast, sponsored by absolutely nobody. So if you'd like to sponsor us, reach out to me. Today I am joined by a good friend of mine, um, Sky. Welcome, Sky. Hey, Kyle. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Um, so, Sky, um, you're my very first guest on the Scotch Kill, po- Scotch Kill Podcast, which is really cool. Um, and something I want to introduce with all my guests is um, everyone to have a nickname because as you know um, loads of people here call me Kale um, kind of said in the last episode that people struggle to understand my accent um, and I've learned that's really true no one's understood <laughs> you before really you <laughs> yeah I mean I thought my accent was really neutral but apparently it's not so <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I go by Kale in this podcast um, but we're going to get a nickname for you. Um, so is there anything that you want to go with or do you want me to pick something? Oh, uh, well, you know, Sky is not a very hard name to nickname, but let's hear some some some, some suggestions from you, man. Um, I mean, I, my personal favorite is um, your middle name that you tell people that everyone's your middle name. Yeah, um, my middle name. Yeah, Thunderbolt. That's a pretty good name. I, I, I think that's a great nickname because... Um, you know, I, I hope you don't mind me saying that Thunderbolt's not really your middle name. I wish it was, but <laughs> I think Thunderbolt's a great nickname. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a liar. <laughs> that is my middle name. Yeah, I was I was with his mum today. I should have clarified whether or not that was your middle name. She would have told you it was. Yeah, <laughs> probably, probably. Um, okay, so um, welcome Thunderbolt. Um, All right. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being the first guest in the podcast. Oh, I'm very excited. Um, yeah. So, uh, me and Sky um, have known each other for probably about almost four years now, I'd say. Is that right? Three it's, years, four years? It's almost going on five. Yeah. Oh, really? Nah, yeah. that's not true. I, I mean, it has to be. Nah, so I met you back in 2016. So, that's actually only three years, <laughs> although it feels like so much longer. <laughs> uh, we worked at a camp for like... You know, we spend so much time exist. together. Time doesn't exist. I've known Kyle for twenty five years now. Yeah, as as almost like that, honestly. Like we actually, the time that we met, the very first time, is kind of a funny story. And uh, so, a bit of background: I talked last episode about the fact that I worked at a summer camp, and uh, so it's based in Akron, Ohio. Um, and when I applied in two thousand sixteen to come out here for the first time, I actually was meant to go to another camp at first. But kind of communication fell through with that camp, and I got put back into the system really late. Um, and Ben, who's the summer camp director, um, and still is at Camp Wainoa right now, uh, got in contact with me and hired me. Um, but it was really late, and I was actually by the time I was going to get there, I uh, was going to miss the very first day of training, um, which for us was a specialty training, um, where they train like lifeguards and people to do like the ropes courses, um, and I was going to do lifeguard training, and. Initially, I was put in char- uh, put in contact with um, someone called Seattle, who was the village director at that time. Originally, in our conversation, she was like, yeah, we'll, we'll get a big welcome party, we'll get loads of people to come to the airport. And then I remember arriving at Akron Canton Airport, and I messaged <laughs> Seattle, and I was like, uh, is there anyone here? And she was like, we totally forgot. 
that you're arriving right now. <laughs> she was like, um, people are on their way looking for um, a couple of people who will be picking you up. And I was like, right, that's not much to go on, but I'll, I'll wait by departures and I'm sure someone will come to get me. And then <laughs> uh, comes in Sky and Joan, um, who's now back working at Camp Wainoa, um, two people pull up in a white van and say, are you Kayo? And I, I was like, yes. Being very trusting, you know, that two random people turn A white, <laughs> like almost windowless plumbing van, no labels on it. Yeah. And I just trusted them. I told them, yeah, I kind of hope for the best. I'd been at the airport for a while. Um, it turned out to be Sky, but they told me to get in the van and I did. <laughs> and that was my first ever encounter with Sky. Hard to believe now that we're best friends, but um, that first initial meeting, you know, could have gone really badly, I guess. I know, you could, could have been really scared. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, we've, we've, so we've worked together for three years now, but what feels like a lifetime, because anyone listening that's worked at summer camp will know how long summer camp really is. Uh, <laughs> it feels like you've known these people a lot longer. Um, but now we've gone some, through some really cool times together and, you know, it's, it's glad to have you here. One of the things I kind of mentioned last week um, that I kind of wanted to talk to you about was, because um, we both love Disney. Oh, yeah. Um, and I know that you're going in like nine weeks, is that right? It is nine weeks. Yeah. I'm very excited. I only know that specifically because your mum told me it was nine weeks today. Yeah, she's uh, also very excited. Yeah. Uh, and I was obviously there about three weeks ago now. Um, and I loved it um, but I also know that you used to work at Disney I did I did two internships down there through the college program so tell me like firstly like how why you decided to do that and then like what it was like working at Disney oh so the story of me wanting to like apply to do it was um, I was going to school for probably this is probably my third to fourth year of college university and I never really had chosen like what to major in or like what to do and I kept flip-flopping I just didn't know what to do in life and uh they always had these flyers up around the school about the Disney college programs like ah, yeah whatever well I really sat down and just thought about it. I'm like I don't really want to be at school right now so I went to the school computer and just applied and uh you know just shot in the dark just thought I'd try it out like I'm before that moment the last time I was at Disney was probably about 1995, 96, and I never really thought about, like, going down there or doing anything with it. Then, um, so I applied, I shot in the dark, and, uh, ended up getting an acceptance, uh, like, for the next step, which was, like, a questionnaire kind of thing, like, oh, what would you do in this situation? You know, like, problem-solving, critical thinking kind of things, and I got through that, and, um, about two days after that, I got called to schedule for a phone interview. And, uh, I was really excited at that point. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was telling my family about it. I'm like, oh man, I'm really excited. I hope I really get this. And they were like, oh yeah, we hope you really get this too. Like, you know, we've always liked the movies and whatnot and the music. And then, uh, I ended up, uh, doing really well in my phone interview and camp really helped out with that. Uh, cause I had a lot of experience through that. And, uh, I ended up getting down there. It was a very like fun experience. We, uh, we drove down there. My family doesn't really fly often. We drive everywhere. So we drove down there. And, um, you know, I tried finding a roommate online, but oh, that was a 
not a very fun experience. Uh, never really got any good hits, but I ended up meeting two of like the coolest guys I ever met just, um, the day I moved in. Uh, so I get in, I find out I'm working attractions in uh, Magic Kingdom, yeah. which is a pretty cool experience. It's one of the most well-known parks for Disney World. Mm-hmm. It's the one with the castle. Everyone's like, oh, yes, Disney World, that one. I'm like, eh, actually, that's Magic Kingdom. Because I'm kind of programmed to say it like that now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I end up getting to my room. My family were moving some stuff in, seeing what we need. Um, I meet a guy named Eric's first guy I meet, and he's going to be one of my roommates. Dude comes in looking exactly like Kevin Smith. Okay. And immediately hugs me, and I'm like, "All right, this is kind of my people. I'm used to this. Yeah. Kind of like affection camp. from camp. camp. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, like camp is very much like you become like a family with people, and like oh, yeah. people's boundaries very much have to come down very quickly because there's a lot of hugging and crying from a lot of people. So. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> I know, like, uh, he is um, from San Jose, California, so pretty cool guy. Met him, the next guy I met was Bobby, and Bobby was actually from, not too far from here, around the Pittsburgh area. So, like, I mentioned things that he knew about, so we knew a lot of this stuff from, the, like, the northern parts of the states. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just talk about, like, getting into the work down there. Like, you get to go through these really cool, like, trainings they have. The biggest one being Disney Traditions. It's one that every Disney employee goes through where you talk about the history of like Disney, um, like what they believe in the best qualities, like how to like really put that Disney magic into things. And um, with ours, we got to uh, go to the park, like okay. um, through like the staffing busing, like first mm-hmm. time, like got to walk through uh, the, the tunnels and everything as they call them. Cause I'm right in saying that I think you've told me this before that everyone thinks that uh, Magic Kingdom is like there's like an underground tunnels, but actually the tunnels are on the first floor. Is that right? Yeah. Or like the, or like the ground floor, because like the Magic Kingdom is actually on like the first floor or something like that. Yeah, it's like uh, the ground level is like what we call the tunnels. Like some mm-hmm. of it does go deeper. Like mm-hmm. you do start walking downhill, but the entrance to it is ground level. Okay. So uh, you go through that and. That took me. I was like, "Wow, that's pretty neat." Everyone always talks about like these, uh, this tunnel system. Yeah. And it's really easy to figure out once you get down there. Is there like a top secret entrance to it? Because I can't imagine like the. I mean, I don't want you to tell me because I can't imagine you're allowed to. But like, is it like somewhere like out in the open that people could go to, or is it like? Not so much out there. It's open. Mm-hmm. Like there's definitely sunshine and trees and whatnot. Yeah, it's mostly like the Disney buses that are allowed back there. Like, there's a security guy who's like, waves at you. Right, okay. And uh, lets them in. I don't think anybody's like civilian car would be like, hey, I'm just here to drop off my kid. Yeah, okay. So, like, it, it, it's it's not like inside the park. You have to go inside the park and then, like, around. You have, it's like almost like around the back of the park. It's around the back, yeah. Okay, so you're going through, like, the back entrance almost. Yep. Like, that's interesting. And. A lot of the rides, I remember you telling me, like, things like Pirates of the Caribbean that are in there that, like, go down. That's them just going down to, like, the ground level. Is that right? Yeah. So when you go down, like, the, you know, that little, like, splash that's in Pirates of the Caribbean, is that just going down to, like, the first level? Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. That's how it works. And then that's why at the end of the ride, uh, you get out and they go through that little thing that pulls them back uphill. Oh, okay. So how long would it take you, roughly, to walk from, like, 
the entrance of the park to like the, the end of the park through the tunnels through the tunnel system oh gosh um 10 15 minutes max and is there like is there only like four exits or is there like multiple exits all along the way oh there's tons like you go out stairwells out oh so there's like loads of stairwells oh yeah because i like weirdly in my head i envisioned it almost like you know northeast southwest yeah like and like the the castles in the middle and then like you have to go to all the way to one of the exits to get out but like there's more all the way around yeah there's tons um my uh, exit just happened to be right by where you had to walk in, so I never had a very far walk. Oh, really? Yeah, I'd be like, oh, two minutes to where I need to be. <laughs> but, um, yeah, like lots of stairwells, lots of different doors. Uh, you can kind of see the doors when you're walking through the party. They'll always say, like, cast members only. Like, those things will lead to the, the systems. Okay. Now, I know that as a, a cast member that you get, like, free admission into parks. Yeah, as a cast member, you get to any Disney park. That's not even just like Disney World. Like I could have traveled to Disneyland or. That's cool. But so, if you were just coming to visit, would you be allowed to use the tunnels while you're just like there, like visiting? That, uh, would, that would really cut down on like going through the park. You know, if you wanted to go from like Splash Mountain to Space Mountain. Oh yeah, it totally would. And uh, you know, you're not supposed to, but a lot of people have Did, done yeah. it. You could totally get in trouble though. Yeah, if you got like, I hey, you're not working here today. Like, someone would probably like stop you if like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm Normally, gonna... people working are wearing their costumes, so they uh, they're not wearing like their everyday street clothes like they'd be wearing at the park. Yeah, I mean that totally makes sense. Um, I can understand like why they wouldn't want people doing that either because the more people are doing it, the more crowded it gets. Yeah. Um, do, is there like character changing rooms down there? Like, do people have like, like almost like, is there like dressing rooms or anything down there, or is it? Are they like shoved in like cupboards to change? Like, I, I just like, I'm very really interested in like what happens. Uh, you know, uh, there's a locker room where okay. I stored most of my stuff. I never wore my costume into work. I always changed there because it was pretty nice. Uh, it was a pretty nice uh, changing room. It was a pretty nice locker room. I had my own little locker. It wasn't mine. I just found an empty one. And no one disturbed my stuff, so whatever. Uh, that's pretty much it. Like, for changing rooms, I always just saw the locker rooms. Okay. And I I know that, like, for example, I've heard people talk in the past about, so people that play characters at the park. So there's, like, very specific requirements that they have to meet. And apparently it's, like, pretty, like, like hard to be a character. And in, in some aspects, like, one of the princesses or, like some of the princes or stuff like that like there's very specific like you know like facial hair rules and things like that well Kyle I don't know anybody who plays characters I only know people who are friends with these characters oh okay and uh they would say yeah there's some pretty pretty hard requirements you know the characters always have to be you know pristine and always like looking their best like it's pretty hard work and you know I met somebody who was friends with uh Belle and you know they said it was pretty tough work, but you know what? It was very rewarding for them. And I met someone else this year who was doing the the same program that you did. I don't know if it's changed over time, but they were telling me that there's actually like a Disney University that they would go like you you go and you go there to class. Yeah, um, there is. Which is behind is it behind Epcot? Yeah. Yeah. It's around that area. And that it's there, and like people will go and study. Like it's actually like a a school where people will just go and like study and like do work in. Yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of it's like for business and things like that, and engineering and whatnot. 
Um, you could I could have taken classes as college credits. I just chose not to because I got down there and signed them up, and I was like, ugh. Work and then schoolwork? <laughs> no. When I could go to a Disney park? Uh, I mean, I get you, man. Um, but, like, were you limited in the amount of hours that you were allowed to work? Uh, no. Um, in fact, the college program is a good way for Disney to get a lot of people who can work a lot of hours. Yeah. When I was working in the park, uh, my average hours a week was somewhere between, like, 50 to 60 hours. Oh, really? And, like, you get paid during that, don't you? Oh, yeah, it's a paid internship. Yeah. It was pretty nice. So, um, I was making a little bit above Florida's minimum or at Florida's minimum, which was higher than Ohio's. That's, yeah. But, which of course... That, it, like, I'm at, I'm, I think it's around 9 or 10, isn't it? Yeah. Something around about... Like, it is nowadays anyway. Which, honestly, is not bad. You know, like, when you're a student and you're working at Disney, you know, like... I imagine it's really long hours and it can be pretty tiring, you know? It, it was as long hours. Uh, I always uh, liked closing the parks. I only opened ever once. Okay. Like, they trained me how to open it, and then I never opened it, and then, like, two months in, they're like, oh, you're going to open one day. I'm like, oh. And I go through, and I'm like, I don't remember what to do. They're like, hit the sensors, and I'm like, all right, and I'm trying to remember all the sensors are yeah. in the ride that I was working on, and, like, closing the uh, the fire extinguisher boxes, because I'm like, oh, yeah, these, because yeah. there's a bunch of fire extinguishers. There's a lot of safety things, like hidden in almost plain sight on a lot of these rides that oh, people yeah. don't know about. That's interesting. And I know the rides that you worked on, but why don't you tell everyone that... Because you worked on two rides, is that right? Yeah, they have you working in, like, ride sets, and normally it's in pairs, sometimes three rides. So you'll work in, like, a section. I worked the Winnie the Pooh section, so I had the Winnie the Pooh ride, which is the mini adventure of Winnie the Pooh, and uh, the Mad Teacups ride, which uh, both were fun. Uh... Winnie the Pooh is a little bit more stressful because it's a slower ride. Uh, you can only put so many people on it. And the wait time is always extraordinarily big. And the people just couldn't get over that. Yeah. And, like, nowadays, um, it's not quite as busy because they have the new Snow White Dwarf Mine. Right, yes. like, right across from it. Which, while, while we were there, like, the, the wait time was never less than two hours. Never dropped before below two hours. We waited in the line for two hours. And it was cool. Like, and there's some cool visual things to see, but, like, I would never wait two hours for it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, some rides are like that. It's more for, like... That's, like, an intro coaster, I feel like, for, like, younger kids. Like, it's neat. It's a neat ride. Yeah. But it's not Big Thunder Mountain. Yeah, no. And, I mean, me and my girlfriend, like, as you know, are both, like, love Winnie the Pooh. Um, that we both grew up with, with like Winnie the Pooh so like although it may be seen as like a younger person's right like we wait every time to go on it because it's like it's good fun and like you know it's nice to see all the the kind of like the, this build up to it and like all the like the honey things that are on the wall and all the stories and you know yeah when I started working there that's when the queue opened up so that was one of the like one of they were introdu- introducing interactive queues so things for people to do while they're waiting in line. Yeah. So uh, when I got there, that was like the first week like it had opened up. Okay. And uh, that was pretty neat. Uh, it was cool like touch honey walls and whatnot. But you know what the coolest thing was, Kyle? No. All right. So on the Winnie the Pooh ride, there's one car, one honey pot. And it's um for people who use wheelchairs. Okay. And uh, when you worked unload. Mm-hmm. So when I worked unload... Nowadays, they have, like, the two, like, little wall panels up to, like, make sure people come out in a certain area. Mm-hmm. It used to just be big and open. Just, like, stay past this yellow line. Come over here, please. Yeah. Well, the 
the honey pot that uh, was accessible would come around, and if you had someone have go on it, yeah. they'd stop the ride, like stop right there, and you'd be like, "Go!" and you have to slide open the doors and get the person in there, and like get them all locked in, ask them if they want to bounce with Tigger, and hit this button if they do, pull it out if they don't. And I really felt like, you know, someone who works with pit staff in a race car, because you had to do it in a certain amount of time, or else the ride would start to slow down and ruin other people's experiences. <laughs> right. I gotten really good at it, and yeah. I really enjoyed like, two, two, two. Hey, hey, you're all clipped in. You're ready to go. You want to bounce with Tigger? All right. Close doors. Good to go. <laughs> that's that's kind of crazy. I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, because I imagine like like a lot of it's automated, but you also have like a lot of control over the ride as well. You know. Yeah. Can you make them go faster and slower? No. No, it's like a set speed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, most things that we can control at the panel boxes is um like stop start. Stop start and emergency stops. No, okay, that that totally makes sense. Um, if you have an emergency stop, you always have to evacuate the ride. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the, you imagine there's something like wrong going on. Yeah, I had to do it once because um, uh, when it was passing by me, the honey pot's doors didn't close. Okay. Right away, and like they got past a point past my peripherals, and I'm like, the doors aren't closed. I have to, and I emergency stopped it. And as soon as I did, the doors closed. Yeah. But but you but, were trying to be safe. And, oh yeah, uh, and because I was safety's the top priority down there. Yeah. Um. Like, I never got reprimanded. In fact, I was encouraged and thanked for what I had done because I was taking safety as a priority. Right. Yeah, because had it not happened and someone got hurt, then that looks like that would be really bad. That would have been negligence at yeah. that point, right? Um, I mean, honestly, I could talk to you like all day about this, um, but we're going to move on uh, to kind of the main event in a moment. Um, one last question about Disney, though, because um, I know you're going there in nine weeks. Uh, tell me, what is your favorite ride? Haunted Mansion, hands down. Hands down. Yeah. Is that good? That, that's one you'll always queue for no matter what? Oh, yeah. Always go through yeah. it. And there's certain times where you can just go and walk on it. That's and, true. and there's also tight, there's always one that you can get fast passes for as well. Oh, yeah. Um, cool. Well, I appreciate you telling us about your time at Disney. Yep. I'm glad I could talk about it. And maybe I'll have to talk more about it later. <laughs> it's true. Um, we're now going to move on to, just before we do the final segment, which is talking about your uh, what you think is the best movie of all time we are going to do a little game that i'm going to introduce um and it's going to be some scottish trivia for you oh boy i know so much about scotland i know that's not true yeah so my first one is going to start really easy for you or really easy for me at least um first question is what is the capital city of scotland glasgow wrong <laughs> uh, i'm glad you got somewhere in scotland but you there's an a place in ohio called this edinburgh <laughs> correct i like the, your attempt to say it in the scottish way as well um okay if you didn't get the if you didn't get the capital the, there's no way you're going to get this one but i want to see if you have a guess what is scotland's longest river the, the thames Ooh, I thought you were actually going to get it there. It's actually called the River Tay. Like uh, T-A-Y. Um, it's 117 miles long. So, um, yeah, it's, you know, that's that's a river that, like, most people in Scotland know. But, like, there'd be no reason for you to know that. <laughs> yep. Um, okay. Three. Um, I'm going to say, what is the largest freshwater lake, or loch, as we call it, in Scotland? I'll see if you know any of them. Loch Ness. 
Correct. Oh my god, I got it. There's a monster there. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to do one more. Um, you may know this one, you may not. Um, actually, I'm going to do two more. Okay. So, All right. so second to last is, uh, what is the highest mountain in Scotland? If you have any idea. Uh, Kilimanjaro. <laughs> you know that's not true. <laughs> um, it's actually a mountain called Ben Nevis. Um, which is four thousand four hundred six feet. Wow. Uh, which is is pretty big. That's <laughs> really. Um, which the funny thing is that the, the second tallest in Scotland is four hundred. Oh. It's like it's like almost like five hundred feet smaller. So like Ben Nevis is like significantly bigger. The last question I'm going to ask you before we move on to the final stage is, and you may know this one because I've talked about it a lot of times. What is Scotland's national animal? Oh, that's the unicorn. Correct. And loads of people don't believe me, but even look at like my passport and you'll see that there's a unicorn on there. Um, I don't know why it's Scotland's national animal, but um, it, it is, you know. Um, unless I've been lied to my whole life, you know, but if you look up on Google, it'll tell you it's the unicorn as well. So, Google never lies. Like yeah. no one's ever, anything on the internet is definitely true, I right? Think, <laughs> yeah, of course. I think if we're talking about like animals that are real, then the red squirrel would be considered a Scotland's national animal. However... We're going to go with the unicorn. All right, unicorn's good. I mean, you guys already have a monster. That could have been... <laughs> That's true. You're a natural Didn't animal, but... If it had Nessie. Um, right, so we're here to the, the final part. The main kind of reason that we're here. You know, Kyle, we, we talked a while, and you brought it up, like, on a question. Okay. And, uh, you know, you kind of just walked into this podcast, you're like, let's get things started. I'm like, all right, but... We, we, we never did a really good theme song. I talked to you about this, how every good podcast has one. <laughs> this is true. Before we started recording, this guy was telling me that he was very disappointed in me that we didn't have a theme song. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to do about this. We're about to hit record. Uh, and Sky's suggestion was that we come up with a theme song oh, yeah. right here now. <laughs> yep, here it comes. Okay. Ready? Are you going to start us off? Yeah, I'll start us off. Okay. He's from another land. Scotland. What's Scotland? He sounds like he's not from the States. Perfect. And then you end it with. Oh, wait. And we talk about movies. I love it. And we, I think at the end we need to go, like, Scotch Kill Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Later on, I'll edit all that together. I'll take the clips and I'll put it together and I'll get it at the start of the podcast. Okay? Awesome. But yeah. we're going to leave that all in, too. Oh, yeah. That'll be in the podcast, yeah. Uh, the, the creation of the intro. <laughs> um, everyone will learn where that came from. Um, <laughs> I love that little break before the final kind of part. So, what we're, the final bit we're going to talk about is um, you'll know from the first episode I released that um, we're here to talk about the greatest movie of all time. Okay, yeah. And I said in the first podcast, you know, obviously this is just like our opinions. It's not, we're not trying to determine like actually what is the greatest because everyone's going to have a different opinion. Um, I put in last episode my suggestion uh, for Goodwill Hunting, oh, yeah. which I know you know very well. Um, Robin Williams Matt Damon I said to everyone last week that I think that 
Um, it's arguably Robin Williams' best role that he's ever portrayed. And I think possibly it's Matt Damon's as well. Um, but I want to know what you think is the best movie of all time. Well, Kyle, Good Will Hunting's great, but you're dead wrong. Because I'm going to tell you what the greatest film is. Okay. And it's not going to be an adult film, you know, a film where make you think. It's going to make it, it's going to be a film that includes everybody, that brings up people throughout their childhood, that they're nostalgic about. You're going to see the Mighty Ducks. No, <laughs> don't get me started on those ducks, man. <laughs> no, 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 no. I want to get down to the business, down to alien business. That's right. We're talking E.T., the extraterrestrial. Wow. Okay. Um, so, I'm, I'm familiar with the movie, but for those who maybe aren't and, or haven't seen it, can you give us like a quick like, breakdown of the plot? Alright, here's my quick breakdown. A boy named Elliot is younger brother who just wants to play some D&D, but oh no, he's got to go get the pizza. Guess what? Comes across an alien in the field. Oh no, it's scary at first. Guess what? Elliot's brave. He fakes to be sick, tricks this alien into his house with everyone's favorite candy, Reese's Pieces. He gets this alien in, they have some alien boy hijinks, aliens from another planet, so of course he doesn't know English. Little sister, Elliot's little sister, teaches the, the alien English through Sesame Street, so also pushing that PBS propaganda. <laughs> you know, and who's the enemy in this? That's right, the U.S. government. So we're teaching our kids young not to trust the government. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I will admit E.T. is a fantastic movie. Um, I want to know why, though. Why do you think it's better than my suggestion? Why? Like I just said earlier, other than the Reese's Pieces bit, yeah, is that it is a film that can you can introduce to young children and families can watch it together. And when you do that kind of thing... Um, People get nostalgic for it. So people my age and a bit older than me, because I'm not too terribly young, but I'm not too terribly old either, yeah. is um, they're nostalgic for it and they're showing their kids this is something that they grew up with. Parents enjoyed it. Uh, so like it's like this, it's this wholesome movie about like making a friend and getting them back to where they belong and like through adventure and sometimes some adversities, like getting together through that. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't argue that it's a fantastic movie, you know, um, and I will say that I know that, because um, we were kind of talking about Disney, but the opposite of Universal Studios in Orlando, they, do, they don't anymore, but they used to have an E.T., I don't think they have it anymore. I think it's still there. I think it's still there. Maybe I just didn't go there the last time I was there, but they had an E.T. ride. Yeah. I know they definitely don't have a Goodwill hunting ride. But I'd be very interested to see what they did with that. It's, <laughs> it's just a it's, counselling session. It's a counselling session, and then he comes over and he says, "How you like them apples?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they make you go in and solve like math equations. If you can't get it right, then you you can't leave. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I will say that the ET is definitely fantastic. Do you know what year it came out? Oh, jeez, I know it was the eighties. I'm gonna guess nineteen eighty four. When it comes to Biggest, best movie. I'm not going to say, oh, you got to know all the facts. Oh, yeah. No, no, I totally agree. I mean, I sprouted off some facts last week about Goodwill Hunting to try to make it look a bit better. Like, <laughs> like how much that they had a budget and how much that they made in the box office and what awards it won. But really, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter, you know, like, um, because obviously everyone's entitled to their opinion, you know. Um, 
I do think it's a very good choice though. Um, is there any kind of like final pushes you want to do? Because what's going to happen, Sky, is and I, um, I explained this last week, is that um, when we both have finished here and this um, goes live to everyone, a poll will go out uh, between everyone and they can vote between my pick, which is Goodwill Hunting, and your pick, which is ET. Um, the everyone who's watching, uh, who's listening to this podcast, will vote, um, and the winner. When I do the next episode and whoever my next guest is, um, I will argue the winning one. So say that we both put in and ET wins. ET is now I'm like I'm like team ET. Alright, yeah. And I'll argue ET. So is there any kind of final like push that you want to do to the people listening to why ET should be picked over Goodwill Hunting? Alright. I wanna do this, I wanna look right into the microphone. Okay, perfect. I feel like I have to. Like you look into their eyes. Yeah, I'm looking at you, listeners. Alright. ET taught us very valuable lessons in life. Like it's okay to make a friend. You don't even have to know the same language to be someone's friend. It's okay to grow some flowers or invent things out of household objects. And, of course, like, it's okay to drink during the day before 5 p.m. He totally does. It's fine. He does it once. Doesn't have to do it again. It's all right. These are lessons that we learn from little brown Play-Doh chicken wire monster alien. And you know what? I think those are some good life lessons learned from an alien from another planet with a really good score from... uh, from uh, John Williams. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, for me, for Goodwill Hunting, all I have to say is that we learn that it's not your fault. What? <laughs> this guy is not your fault. Stop. It's not your fault. Stop. It's <laughs> <laughs> all I have to say. It's all I have to say. So, um, I think that's a great pick. Um, I'm interested to see. They're very different movies. So I'm interested to see what the outcome's going to be. Um, I'd happily argue for either of them because they're both fantastic movies. So, um, you know, I think we're kind of wrapping up towards the end um, of the podcast. Um, We've now got a new theme song, which I really appreciate. I appreciated your story about Disney. Again, thank you for sharing that with us. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm sure you'll be um, on again the podcast very soon um, because, you know, um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, we always have good conversations so there's no better way to do that than on the Scotch Kill podcast awesome um, so thank you for being here um, I really appreciate it and I'll see you all soon <laughs>